Today's scripture reading is from Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. This is the word of the Lord. There was a old joke we used to use when uh, we were tuning up together to play a gig. You know, are we close enough in tune? Are we close enough in tune? And the, the line was, close enough for rock and roll. So, here we are. Hey, we're uh, in the middle of our series on the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians 5 shows us what the fruit of the Spirit is. And uh, this week we're going to tackle patience. You know, in the 2009 James Cameron film Avatar, I have a friend who calls this Dances with Wolves in Space. <laughs> but the, the, the message is basically the same. There is... You see a significant patience of a native people towards a soldier that comes from the outside and find a weakness that could be exploited. And what happened is that the patience was ultimately for that soldier's benefit. It changed him. It transformed him. And he began to become one of those people through the transforming uh, nature of what patience is. And so what we're going to look today at is patience is for the benefit of others particularly those who would oppress or oppose you. Patience is for the benefit of others, particularly those who would oppress or oppose you. So we're going to look at three things. We're going to look at the purpose of patience, which is restraint. It's to be used in circumstances of opposition or oppression. Restraint. Two, we're going to look at the nature of patience, that it works together with the other parts of the gifts of the Spirit, the fruits of the Spirit. Fruit of the Spirit, pardon me to bring incredible balance in your life. And then third, we're going to look at the result of patience, living towards others as God lives towards us in Jesus. Okay? So first, the purpose of patience. We said that patience is restraint. Restraint. That it's to be used in circumstances of opposition or oppression. Restraint that's originating in the love of God towards you. Okay? So patience, we have to think of the context of the rest of the fruit. Remember we said that the fruit of the Spirit is actually one fruit. The word fruit in Greek is actually singular. So that all of the things you see there, love, joy, peace, patience, and the rest, is just one fruit, but different aspects of that same fruit. All right? And so patience is the result of having... In the larger passage of Galatians 5, we need to see this. We need to see this context. Patience is a result of having the freedom to do what? Some of you, if you have Bibles near you, you might want to open to Galatians 5. You can check it out for yourself. Others, just realize that, the, that this small, these small two verses are in context with a whole lot of other stuff that Paul is saying to the church. Okay? Patience is a result of having the freedom to walk by God's Spirit, to desire what God desires, to be led by God's Spirit, living by God's Spirit, keeping in step with God's Spirit. Patience is the fruit of God's Spirit in our lives, flowing out of our faith in Jesus and what He accomplished in the Gospel. So there's context for it. And if patience is to walk by God's Spirit, to desire what God desires... What does God's Spirit desire through your 
through you, through me, having patience. What does God's Spirit desire? He desires your restraint to be used with those who would oppose you or oppress you. He desires your restraint. Well, you say, that doesn't sound very good to me at all. To be restrained? I thought Jesus set us free for freedom. Also in Galatians 5, you can read it. He set us free for freedom. What is this restraint you're talking about then? Look, you've got to bear with me. Patience as restraint is much richer, much richer than it may sound at first. But it's something that you need in a fundamental way if you're in relationship with God, bearing the fruit of His Spirit in your life. Patience is something that you need in a fundamental way. In particular, you cannot understand what patience as restraint means to you without understanding what patience as restraint means to God. So let's look at our definition of patience again and consider what it shows us about, first, who God is, who He is, what He does. This is something that you need. We'll pause here just for a moment to encourage one another. One of the things you need to know when you come to this daily, which is part of, part of how you draw near to God, this is how His Spirit speaks to you, right? You read this in a regular way. And when you do that, uh, you get a sense of who He is and what He does. But you do that by first asking, who is God? You don't look at this first in your daily reading and say, okay, what do I do? That's not the first stop in your regular Bible reading habits. The first stop is, who is God? What does He do? You understand? And then, who am I in light of that? So, a little side note, we've got to start with God, who He is, what He does. And as we look at our definition of patience again, let's consider what it shows us about God, who He is, and what He does. Patience is God-given restraint to be used in circumstances of opposition or oppression. Restraint originating in God's love. Okay? Patience is God-given restraint to be used in circumstances of opposition or oppression. Restraint originating in God's love. So let's do some good Bible study. What does this definition teach us about who God is? About what He does? The first thing we learn about who God is and what He does is He's meaningful. God is meaningful. God's Spirit works in you with purpose as He gives you patience and helps you to grow in it. There's purpose in the patience that He gives you. Like a tool fits the purpose of a mechanic. The patient God's Spirit gives you fits His purpose for you as a member of His family, as a member of His kingdom. But God is not only meaningful in developing patience in you. He has purpose for that. He's guiding. And that's what you should think of when you think of God's restraint or restraining you. God's Spirit works in you to guide and restrain you like a parent guides a little child along the sidewalk, restraining them from danger in the street. In the same way God guides you, restraining you from the danger of your own anger when faced with others who would oppose you or faced with others who would oppress you. So God is meaningful. He's guiding. God is also generous. The patience God gives you works in concert with all of the other qualities of His Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is all of those things that we saw and more. He generously gives to you the love, joy, peace, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control working together with patience to bring incredible balance to your life. 
so he's meaningful. He's guiding. God is generous. You see, in his generosity, it's like the engine of a car being unable to work without the starter. So the rest of the fruit cannot work without patience. And so he's generous. He gives you generously what you need for patience and for the rest of the fruit to work in your life. He's generous, but he's also invested. God himself has come not only as your substitute. We study that regularly. He's come not only as your substitute, but as your example. And listen, you can't have God as your example unless he is your substitute. So be careful that you start off on the right foot. We've said week after week that you have to begin with Jesus' work on your behalf when you're living out of the gospel. But Luke, in his gospel, says that, yes, he came as an example. He came as an example to us. His example is for you to follow so that you might show others the patient that he shows to you. It's like the master of Kung Fu. I don't know if you've watched many Kung Fu movies. I have. Uh, The master in Kung Fu who rolls up his sleeves and works with you directly and shows you what good Kung Fu feels like and is like and what going wrong with your Kung Fu feels like. God rolls up his sleeves to show show you how it live towards others based on his example of how he lives towards you. He rolls up his sleeves. He became one of us. He moved into the neighborhood. He faced opposition. He faced oppression. So that you could learn from him. So he's meaningful. God is meaningful. He guide, he's guiding. He's generous. He's invested. God is loving. God is loving. God's spirit works in you so that you can do what? So that you can show love to those who would oppose you. So that you can show love to those who would oppress you. Patience has a very tender use. It's like a little girl slapping her daddy in the face. All the while, while her daddy holds her up in his arms to be near to him. Because why? Because he loves her. It's just the love of God would have you show to those who oppose you. Would have you show to those who oppress you. So... We have the purpose of patience. We also have the nature of patience. And the nature of patience is that it works together with the other parts of the gifts to bring you an incredible balance as you live out of the gospel in life. Incredible balance. But the problem is that it's easier to see this balance when you see what happens when the fruit doesn't work together, when you're out of balance. So let's begin by examining a few things that go wrong with showing patience in our lives. Let's take a look at them together. First thing that many of us can often be found saying is I'm not joyful when I suffer. I'm not joyful when I suffer. Now, one of the things you need to be aware when you look at any of these aspects of the fruit of the Spirit is that each of these aspects have an opposite and each of these aspects have a counterfeit. So be on alert for what the opposites and the counterfeits are for patience. When you hear yourself saying, or when you hear somebody else saying, I'm not joyful when I suffer, there's a red flag that should go up for you and for them. There's an opposite alert, all right? The opposite alert means that you've forgotten your joy. Joy comes from your relationship with the blesser himself, not what he brings to you. You remember? 
We covered that. Enjoy as fruit of the Spirit. Much suffering is because of the loss of what God brings, not because of the loss of God Himself. Remember that joy is delighting in the beauty of God and the salvation that He gives us in Christ, even in difficult times of loss, disappointment, and pain, so that your circumstances can be rough. There can be a lot of heat to them. You can feel a lot of weight to them. But if your joy is not first in who God is, in and of Himself, and your joy is instead in what He brings, you'll, you'll not have patience either. You've not only forgotten your joy, you won't have patience either. Another way that we struggle with patience is we say things like this, or we can hear one another saying things like this. I become angry at God when His timing doesn't match my own. I become angry at God when His timing doesn't match my own, right? The red flag should go up again. Opposite alert. This is the opposite of patience. Remember that we said that peace was confident assurance that God is for us, that He's wise. And that he's in control. And that's all in place of trusting in ourselves instead. We trust in God's work on our behalf rather than trusting ourselves. When you want God to work according to your time frame rather than his, you forget your assurance. You lack peace. How about this one? Another opposite alert. I get agitated or express outright anger towards others. But as I examine that, I realize that I'm just bitter and I'm resentful towards God. Again, opposite alert. That's not love. Remember that love is joyfully serving another for their good, not something you get in return. How did Jesus serve you? How did Jesus love you? Was it because you were giving him anything? The message of the gospel is there's nothing that we can give him to bring his love for us. And yet he does. All right, so we've had several opposites. What about counterfeit? What about ways to counterfeit patience in our lives? It goes like this. We say, hey, why be so concerned with others as to get all worked up? They're, gonna, they're not going to act or be the way that you want them to be. People's nature and motives are not to be trusted. Why not just keep to yourself? Such concern with others isn't worth it when they'll just fail you anyway. That kind of concern is unspiritual. Have you heard that? It's a counterfeit. It's not patience. It's passivity. And that's not what patience is. It's passivity and self-righteous cynicism. Biblical patience is God-exercised or God-given restraint, remember we said, in the face of opposition or oppression. It's not passivity. The initiative lies with God's love or your love flowing out of that love in meeting wrong in this way. Here's another way to put it. Patience is long holding out of the mind before it gives room to anger. Don't do the opposite. Don't counterfeit. Remember your love, joyfully serving one another for their good, not something in return. Remember your joy, delighting in the beauty of God and the salvation He gives us in Christ, even difficult times of loss and disappointment and pain. Do you remember Jesus saying, Not my will, but your will? 
You remember him saying, how would the Father's will then be fulfilled? Remember your peace, confident assurance that God is for us, that he's wise and that he's in control, rather than trust in ourselves. Even to the point of death, Jesus is on the cross saying, into your hands I commit my spirit. He's trusting him. Be patient. Show restraint that's given to you by God in the face of those who would oppose you, in the face of those who would oppress you, because it originates in God's love. Suffer joyfully. Don't become angry at God when his timing doesn't match your own. You remember that we're told that Jesus, for the joy set before him, endured the cross. He said, not my will but yours. He said, forgive them, Father, for they don't know what they're doing. His patience was focused outward towards you. And lastly, we have the result, which is living towards others as God lives towards us in Jesus. We've seen that the purpose of patience is restraint. And that the nature of patience is balanced with the rest of the fruit of God's Spirit working in your life. But how can we get patience like this then? How can we do it? How can we get patience like this? Here's how. Take time. Take time with God. Gaze at the extent of God's patience with you, shown to you in Jesus. Look at Him. God meets your wrongs with restraint. Because He showed no restraint with Jesus on the cross. When you think of meeting wrong with restraint... Jesus faced the end of that, the undoing of that, the overturning of that. There was no restraint shown him. The end of meeting wrong with restraint landed fully upon Jesus on the cross for your sake. So that God's patience could not only be shown you, but that it could be shown to others through you. As you gaze at the extent of God's patience towards you, you will see patient, patiently. Jesus enduring all manner of opposition, all manner of oppression, with ultimate restraint, so that not only the Father's restraint could be shown to you, but the Father's love, the Father's joy, the Father's peace, and the rest of the qualities of the Father that He wants to communicate to you so passionately, so intimately, so dearly. So think for a second, part of good meditation on Scripture. We began with God and what he would do. We thought about the ways that we sort of fall down. Think, how would this be different if it were explosively true in my innermost being? How would my life look different if I showed patience like this? First of all, I think it takes a tremendous amount more of your thought and your effort to live purposely in each of your interactions towards one another. Purposefully, live purposefully. Especially towards those who would oppress you and oppose you. Show guidance and care towards them. In spite of their destructive pursuit of you, that's more than you have in and of yourself to give. But if you look at Jesus and find him giving it for you, it changes you. And you give in a different way. To give generously to them all of the resources that you have to give, to invest in them because Jesus has done so for you, would look like a different kind of life. A different kind of life. Who lives like that? 
God's people do. You can, too, as one of his people. Remember, it's for freedom that Jesus set you free. Freedom, liberty. God gives you the freedom to be patient. All right, well, then think further. Why might God be showing me this about patience today? How am I going to need it this week? How could I have needed it? Where did I need it last week? Perhaps this past week you did not live meaningfully towards those who were opposing you or those you felt were oppressing you. Guiding them, being generous with them, investing in them, loving them while they opposed you, while they oppressed you, as God has done for you. Where are those moments for you last week? Where are those moments coming for you this week? Okay, how about this? What are the ways you've forgotten that God is like this? That he desires you to be like this towards your enemies? Well, maybe you haven't really seen patience in this way before. How outwardly focused God is. God is meaningful towards you. God guides you and cares for you. God is generous in bringing out of you all that is needed and more. So what? So that you can invest in others like God has invested in you. You're rolling up your sleeves with your enemies, with those who oppose you, with those who oppress you. You're showing them how it's done, despite what you'll get back. You've been living for what makes you feel like you have purpose without restraint, without the restraint of patience. And there's no one to care for you. You've been living like you have to scrounge and scrape for every bit of what you have and that others can take what little you do have away from you. It's a lie. It's a lie. You have an embarrassment of riches in your relationship with God. An embarrassment of riches. Remember that it is for freedom that Jesus set you free. Through what Jesus accomplished through the gospel, you have the freedom to walk by God's Spirit. You have the freedom to desire what God's Spirit desires. You have the freedom to be led by God's Spirit. To live by God's Spirit. To keep in step with His Spirit. Riches! The riches are God Himself. You can have patience because God's Spirit is having God's Himself. You have God present in your life through what He's done in the Gospel. And because of what Jesus has done, nothing can ever take him away from you. Nothing. So let's review quickly and bring it to a close. First we cover the restraint of patience. The key point is that God gives you patience to restrain you from anger when others would oppose you or oppress you. That's how he rolls. And that's how he wants you to roll. Second, we cover the balance of patience. The key point is that patience necessarily works together with the other aspects of the fruit of God's Spirit. If you think you're loving, but you're not patient, you're also not loving. You've also forgotten your joy. You've also forgotten your peace. We try to show that they all fall apart. If you lose one, you've lost them all. The way to tell the level of grace in your life is to look for your weakest fruit. Where are you weakest? Where do you struggle the most? That's the real level of grace in your life. You might have thought, hey, I'm pretty loving, but you can counterfeit love. You might think, hey, I'm pretty peaceful, 
But you might just have an introverted, subdued nature. Or you might be pretty resigned in life. Right? They all have to work together. Third, we covered the imitation of patience. The key point is that patience God develops in you is for what? It's for the benefit of your enemies. The benefit of those who oppose or oppress you. It's a striking outward focus. Living towards others as God in Christ lives towards you. Live as your next step. Pray about Go out. Talk with one another about Pray about living life meaningfully towards guiding, care for, be generous with, and invest in those who would oppose or oppress you because of God's love for you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your patience with us that though we were enemies, Lord Jesus, you died for us. You gave your life for those you love so that we might be transformed Be with us. Open our eyes, open our hearts in new ways to see freshly the way that you love us is the way that we ought to love others with great patience, with love, joy, peace, and all of the rest because it flows from you. It's in your name we pray. Amen.